Today we are talking about emails. I know, most of us get way too many of them, to the point of overwhelm sometimes. And often, important ones get lost in the sea of overload, or we overlook our responses to them because we need to get through everything. But did you know that your response, or shortcomings in this regard, could be keeping you from potential career opportunities? In today's episode, I will highlight four things you should consider in order to use email communication to your advantage in your career development journey. Are you a healthcare professional who desires a change but feels overwhelmed at the thoughts of having to navigate a new career path? Do you find yourself at a point of transition but feel stuck because you simply don't know how to package and present your skills and experience or what career development steps may be needed for you to pivot your career or land that new professional role? Hi, I'm Dr. Diane, career strategist, healthcare leadership coach and boundary-breaking champion and I'm here to remove the overwhelm and simplify the process so you can pivot, grow and scale your career and find the fulfillment you're looking for. So do you want to glean some incredibly valuable insights in successfully navigating career change? Then pull up a chair and take the next few minutes out for some well-deserved R&R and let's chat about how to take your career to the next level. clinical practice, digital communication became an increasingly important part of my workday. However, in those early years, I didn't have any training in email communication and looking back was far from where I needed to be in terms of positioning myself professionally through how I structure and communicate via email to make the right impression. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about communication. We all know it's important, but we don't always get it right. In fact, strong communication skills are the number one thing employers look for. So how do we build strong communication skills through emails? Today I will share four simple things that you can incorporate into your email communication starting today that will help send the right message to the right target audience every time and position yourself to make an impactful impression. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that you can book a coaching call with me to discuss your career options and how to package and present your professional value in the marketplace. So let's dive into today's topic. The first of the four things I would like to share with you is on email structure. It's very important when writing professional emails, that's emails to colleagues, emails to potential collaborators, emails to managers or people who work outside of your institution, but who may be affiliated to your area of interest in some way. And I want to say that every email is an opportunity to make a good impression. So how do you structure an email professionally? Well, formal emails include a subject line, a greeting, body content, a closing line, and a signature. Now, in our fast-paced world, many of us 
forego some of these structural components because we are simply so busy, right? But when you're emailing someone who could somewhere down the line be instrumental in opening doors of opportunity for you or giving a a workplace reference for you at some point in time, it's important to remember that every email counts. So the subject line is simply indicating to the reader the topic of discussion in the email. It can be as simple as two words. If it's about, let's say, you had a meeting scheduled with them for the day and you wanted to communicate some details about it, the subject line can be meeting today. In that way, when the receiver is filtering through their emails, they will be alerted to something that's perhaps higher on the priority list to open than other emails. But it must give some sort of indication as to what the body of the email is about. Then you would typically open the email with a dear so-and-so and a pleasantry accompanied by that. I trust you're well. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you enjoy the holidays. And that just sets the tone for a collegial engagement. The body content of the email is then exactly what you want to discuss with the person. So, for example, in our meeting today, you can say something like, Regarding our meeting today, please note that I have invited the manager of the physical therapy department to join us to discuss the issue of blah, blah, blah. So that's really what the content of the email is about. And then the closing line can be something along the lines of, I trust that the above is in order, or please let me know if you have any further questions. Kind regards, Diane, or sincerely, John, right? That's the basic structure of an email. Now, with us responding to emails on our cell phones, a lot of the time we miss some of these important components and it can come across as casual, incomplete or unprofessional. So before you click send, always proofread your emails and check the tone of the email. And that's point number two. Workplace emails or emails of a professional nature need to have a professional tone. Avoid colloquial language, a casual tone, unless you have a really good relationship with the person. Perhaps you know them on a personal level before you know them on a professional level. That's entirely different. But if it's someone you purely know through your work or professional spaces, then the email should have a professional rather than a casual tone. Point number four is prompt responses. If you receive an email specifically from someone who is higher up in the organization to you, you want to make sure that you respond promptly, even if that just means acknowledging receipt of their emails. If it means that you need time to review or find information to get back to them, then say so. Dear Dr. Adam, thank you for your email. I note your request and we'll get back to you before the end of the week with the response. Kind regards, Diane. And then you've set a timeline for your response, but at the same time, the sender recognizes that you've received it, acknowledged it, and they await your response. So point number four is to follow through on your word. Keep your word or whatever promises you made in the email to get back to the individual as you've stated. So by the end of the week, 
If you have to put it into your calendar, do so, but make sure you respond with whatever was promised and the relevant feedback. And in that way, you are proving efficiency, professionalism, trustworthiness, dependability, all of these attributes that then present you in a positive light to potential employers, your managers, whether it be for promotion or recommendation for other positions, it all speaks to your credibility as a professional. And that is why it's so important to take email communication in the workplace seriously, because that's part of how you are presenting yourself to the world and part of the professional impression you're creating. And sometimes we may not have good relationships with everybody in the workplace, be it peers or management. But if we drop the ball on something as simple as email communication, how we come across in our online communication can make or break potential future opportunities if that individual is a key decision maker in our future roles or positions we may aspire to. So to recap, there are four key points that I hope you take home and apply going forward to create the right professional competent impression when it comes to email communication. One, ensure that you're following a formal email structure, which includes a subject line, greeting, the body of the email, as well as a closing line and signature. Secondly, that your emails have a professional tone. Thirdly, that you respond promptly to emails and to any promises in your email responses. And lastly, to keep your word. Deliver on the promises that you made to people and these will go a long way to helping you on your career development journey in making impactful impressions with people within and outside of your workplace and professional spaces. That's a wrap for today. But before we sign out, I would love it if you shared this episode with a friend who can also benefit from the resources and insights shared to help them grow and scale their careers. And finally, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review for the show? I'd love to hear how this content is helping you on your career development journey. So meet me back here again on Monday for another episode of Life Beyond Clinical Practice. Goodbye.